Welcome to Vossa, celebrating Pacific and Papua New Guinean voices and discussing our future. Vossa is a storytelling project driven by experts and creatives in the region with support from the World Bank in the Pacific and Papua New Guinea. Bolavinaka, my name is Arieta Rika and I am your host. It's no secret, Pacific people are well known around the world and over many generations for being naturally gifted in the sports arena, whether it be through the pride of representing our island nations or playing in representative teams for countries abroad. There's no doubt that we play with heart and we harness our skills to win. Outside of the realm of talent and skill, Pacific people have used sports, whether knowingly or not, as an avenue to change attitudes and create opportunities for societal change in our communities. Today, we are joined by three amazing guests from around the Pacific who have extensive experience in the world of combining sports and positive societal change. Kevin Nangama today brings us the voice of the sports person. He is a Fiji rugby league player and most well known as the captain of the Fiji Mbati, the Fiji national rugby league team. Jackie Joseph is the co-founder and CEO of Papua New Guinea's Equal Playing Field, an organization that works towards preventing violence against women through promoting gender equality amongst young people of all genders. Bessie Palu was the communications and health lead for Kao Mai Tonga, an initiative which increased the well-being of women and girls in Tonga through the game of netball. Since its launch, over 4,000 women and girls have taken part, creating an amazing wave of positive impacts on health awareness and an improvement in physical activity overall. As always, I hope you enjoy our talanoa. Thank you and a warm welcome to Vossa. Bessie, starting with you, what role has sport played in improving the well-being of young people in Tonga? Thanks, Arietta. So I just want to say that um, the time slot I'm talking about is so between 2012 and 2014, at the time, um, there was it, there still is a massive issue with um, you know obesity and diabetes and high blood pressure in Tonga, but there was a lot of things that were tried and tested, and we kind of didn't know the the you know health at the time didn't really they were doing things but didn't really um, achieve things at a national scale. So sports was something that was presented as an opportunity. It was a non-threatening way of being able to, a low-hanging fruit that they could actually use as a means to encourage more physical activity. So netball was something that was seen as an easy, it was something that was already existing. People had, you know, equipment for it. They knew a little bit about it, but it was very much an elite sport where they looked at more about talent and more people that, um, you know, skill, but it then uh, provided an opportunity to use it as a vehicle to bring messages for health. And I think now um, 
with the Pacific Sports Partnership that has increased across more countries where they're using sport as a tool to encourage health and well-being. You know, there's that side of sport where it's an elite talent, you know, that they're looking for certain skills, which could also go along with it because they then identify people with skills if they try the sport. But it's also something where it just gathers people. You know, people come together, have fun, you know, enjoy um, a bit of whether it's netball or badminton. Badminton's really taking off in Tonga at the moment or table tennis. Bessie, you know, I, um, I'm Fijian and, and Tongan and I went to high school in Tonga and I could so relate to what you're saying was because I had um, like sports education in school or through school and it was really just like a place to go and play volleyball. And then after afterwards, yeah, like the only time I ever like worked out or played sports is when I did it with my friends. And, and next thing you know, I've signed up for a six-week class or I've like, you know, I've, I've done it in like social settings and then it's benefited my health. So it's really clever and it's amazing to see the statistics of how successful um, this initiative has been. It really makes sense, you know, when you start to, when initiatives like this take off and you can see how fun sports is for us and how it brings people together, as you said, and then it benefits our health. Sorry, can I just add on top of that, Arya? Yeah. that it's so important that when you're dealing with something that's difficult to tell people, and when you have difficult messages, and I'm quite sure Jackie will have to say has something to say about this. But often, you know, when you talk about the hard facts of you know high obesity rates that leads to you know high diabetes prevalence that then leads to cutting of you know certain parts and amputations and things like that. Um, it's really difficult to talk about health messages like that. But when you bring something in that's non-threatening, like sports and something that everyone loves, you know, um, I think every Pacific Islander actually just loves um, sport, whatever the sport may be. So it's it's a social, it's something that you could use to bring people together, something that's non-threatening, something that just helps people meet each other and try something new. Jackie, in your experience, how can sport improve the health and well-being of women in Papua New Guinea? Thanks, Ariata, and definitely share the same sentiments with Passy as well. Here in PNG, we've, we've obviously had very, very alarming rates of gender-based violence in the country, and specifically when we look at violence against women. And in order to address that, we obviously have to look at what are the root causes of of um, um, gender-based violence and specifically violence against women. And one of those things that as an organization we've come to identify after speaking with communities and understanding the trend of, of how um, gender-based violence has affected um, different societies and communities, there's been a number of factors and, and one of them has been we've also recognized that there has needed to be this, you know, positive forms of masculinity. We understand that with the, you know, growing trend of things you know, the breakdown of some of the traditional, um, you know, practices that we've had in the past, like, you know, for example, you know, boys would go through what they call the houseman, you know, a bit like getting into manhood. So that go through these practices to kind of understand what their responsibility as a male is in the community or in their society. And the breakdown of some of these things has, has affected, you know, how men take responsibility. And unfortunately, we find that you know, men have mainly been the perpetrators um, and not to kind of paint men, you know, in that bad image. But unfortunately, we find that men 
linen stats show that men have an increased rate of, of being the perpetrators. And so for us is, you know, how can sports play a tool in, in shaping that differently? Because Kevin, like the role, you're a role model, you know, as, as a lot of young men would look up to you. And for us would be, you know, sports has also been that tool to help young men see positive forms of masculinity. Mm, Jackie, just building on that, can you tell us about your experience in Bougainville using sport as a tool for youth development? It was a really amazing experience that we had out in Bougainville because obviously sports has been that big uh, vehicle for them to come through. A lot of them are into soccer. And so we brought in a lot of sports. And for them was oftentimes you need a place where people feel like that's a safe space. And so when we brought together our sports as that way to bring them together and they build a team spirit in there that also allows them to talk about, you know, things that they haven't had the opportunity to talk about with other people. But when you create that safe space, like as a, as a team that plays together, it allows them to talk about some of the difficult things that sometimes causes big problems for community or big problems for society as well. Kevin, let's bring you in here. What are your thoughts on the role of sport in our Pacific societies? I think it's just super encouraging to see just women like you um, giving back to our communities, but just the effect that you're having, the positive effect in using sport as a vehicle. I think it's just like genius and you just there's just power in that. I just and you never think that, that that sport can have that effect on people, like unite them, change them, transform them, and just have a positive effect in that way. So Thank you for sharing that. Um, me personally, just speaking from a sporting perspective, I think health and mental health is a big one that it's um, done for my well-being, um, being of Pacific descent. And just just a stat, like a research they did in the NRL, um, when, in our, when rugby league was first introduced, uh, it's over 100 years old. There was only like 2% of Pacific Islands playing the sport. Um, right now, it's more than, I think, 60%, they said, of Pacific Islanders. So just in that sense, it just shows where what sport is doing. Um, rugby league in general in the Pacific Islands and how it's um, starting to grow and just give um, Pacific Islands opportunities to, I think one is the biggest one um, is mental health and health for me personally, but also for, as this is shared back in Tonga, like there's, there's people from Tonga that are playing in the sport at a professional level, but also being able to use their platform to portray this message because there's people that look up to boys that are playing in this in this league and at this professional level so when a message is coming from someone that they watch on tv that's playing in that sport i think it has a lot more power a lot more weight and that message is received from a lot of kids thanks kevin it's certainly powerful for young people to have role models in sport bessie can you talk about how your initiative in tonga brought together different partners across government and civil society? Yeah, thanks, Arietta. With the Kaumaitonga um, program, there, it, it was a partnership between, you know, Tonga Netball Association, the um, Ministry of Health, the Ministry of Sport in Tonga, and, of course, the Australian Sports Commission, and they were the overseas partners um, at the time. So it was very important to have the Tonga Netball Association on board because they were the ones that 
then provided that support afterward. We were using radio, TV, you know, um, social media, using billboards and things like that to drive demand. But then afterwards, the community took ownership of it and turned it into something that they that was more sustainable for them. You know, while we had the funding that we had, we were able to provide what we can. But then it became something that the community owned. I mean, I, I do want to add a little bit. I think often we just think about the people that we deliver to, you know, the people that we're wanting to to encourage, and which is fantastic. They're the ones you wanted to get to community, but at the same time, you want to be able to have both, you know, those at high level, the ministries, working together with community, you know, building skill in community and capabilities and things like that. And then there were, you know, the Tonga Netball Association, which was a very significant partner on the ground. They were the grassroots people. So it's very important to have a holistic look when you think about delivering, you know, um, when you think about, I guess, because my background's in health and in development, when you think about, you know, giving good to the community, it's all these partners working together. And it was just amazing to see that sport could actually bring partners like that and to encourage um, encourage government working with non-government, working with grassroots groups in order to be able to deliver and, and bring something that was good for the community. I agree. I think health and development is everyone's business. Jackie, what was your experience of working with partners in Papua New Guinea to use sport as a tool for preventing violence? Thanks, Ariata and, and Pasi. Look, it's it's definitely like an area that you know that you cannot do on your own and that you know you, you need a lot of support in. When we first started as an organization, look, we started very young and you know very determined that in the space that we had entered, there was not much work done in terms of prevention of GBV. And so we came into the space knowing that something comprehensive needed to be done. And since entering this, this space, it's been amazing to see that there's also other organizations who have now come in the form of building prevention work. Because we noticed that there was a lot of response work that had been done, but prevention was also needed. Um, in the space that we've worked in where we've incorporated sports as that vehicle, we've seen like slowly other organizations come on board, which has been great because the work is great and a lot needs to be done. You know, in our society, if you don't have the support of government, if you don't have the support of other organizations, um, it will, would mean that your work sometimes can't go on because, you know, oftentimes when our program has impact, especially in, because of the strategy we use in using sports, you know, it allows children to come out. And so when dis disclosures come, we need to coordinate with Office of Child and Family Services so that they can take on board these cases. When we work with the schools, the Department of Education has to be aware of, you know, because we, we our, our program is part of the actual lessons, not out of school, it's actually during school hours as well. And so all of that recognition of you know the value of work that we've been doing, um, having partners understand and value that work and give the kind of support that we need has been huge. And for either of you who are familiar with with um, PNG, like up in the Highlands, there's a lot of tribalism there. The clan groups are very strong as well. And look, it's always a really emotional moment for me when I travel up to the Highlands and know that um, the kind of programs that we're going to help these young people uh, is going to help them, you know, make shape 
shape them to have better choices for themselves. And, you know, up in the highlands and with a lot of tribalism, we know that sports will be that vehicle for us to bring everyone together because, you know, oftentimes when somebody comes from the other tribe and somebody's from the other one, you know, there's already a distinction there. So a sports place that will play that role for us in bringing all these young people together. And one thing that I've seen that has really helped has been good leadership. When you have good leadership in a place where currently the governor that is up in the Highlands is very strong and also education as well. And so that means that he pushes the people below him to get work done, which is amazing because when people like us step into the community with the work kind of work that we have, it allows us to do our job well. It's really powerful, Jackie. And, you know, one um, insight that I got for, as you were sharing was you're really meeting young people in their own context. Uh, you know, you're not trying to take them out of um, their day-to-day life and, you know, teach them something that's very removed from, you know, things that they they would engage with and that they would understand. You're really meeting young people in schools, in their communities. And you're, um, I think sports is, is really disarming in um, creating safe spaces. And as you said, uh, bringing people together, not to uh, get ask them to, you know, de-identify with where they're from or what they believe in, but, you know, it really brings them together in, in a space where that doesn't matter as much for a couple of hours. And as we look to the future, uh, Kevin, what are your hopes or what's your vision for how sports can continue to drive positive change uh, for us and our people? I know one thing that's been standing out with me since I've, like I said, I've been playing 12 years now in, in the, um, professionally in rugby league. But one thing that rugby league has partnered with a vision um, and charities is mental health. The first five years I played in the NRL, you weren't allowed to talk about your feelings or what you're going through. And if you did, you were seen as weak or you were seen as like um, someone that was unstable or you're not good to be around in this environment. But now there's there's an outlet where we're sending messages where it's not weak to speak. Um, there's people in in our environments, like we have a chaplain here at our our training, but they do, they're starting to provide chaplains at different sporting teams because they're seeing that players are opening up and it's a good space for them to share what's going on because it's not generally rugby league, it's behind the scenes, what's going on at home. Then I feel like what Jackie was trying to do, like teach, like discipline, like I love that, you know, that, and they're using that as a tool to translate what they're trying to say and how to respect and just in natural like everyday living, like groom these kids up. And also, Percy, um, I love that how you can use Nepal for, for these women in Tonga. It's just, I just find it so encouraging. To be honest, I, I wish I could have just, just sat on this and listened to you both talk because I feel like you've got so much knowledge and insight and you're doing amazing things, both in your spheres, especially you, Jackie, too, and the team in Papua New Guinea. It sounds amazing what you, guys, you ladies are doing there. Thanks, Kevin. And Bessie, for you, what's your vision for how sport can bring about behavioural change in Tonga? Yeah, thanks, Arietta. Um, yeah, oh, thanks, for Kevin. That was just um, really great, everything you were talking about in terms of, you know, you yourself being a role model. I mean, we, from my perspective, I, I just look at, um, you know, at the behaviour change stuff 
side of things, I can't play a sport. I used to play netball, but <laughs> I don't think I can do that anymore. It's not so good for my knees and my ankles. But I um, I thought I was going to put a curveball in, but it's not. It looks like you and Jackie and, you know, just the discussions we've, we've heard um, about using sport for you know, to think outside the box, I think that's what I really would love to see around sport is to consider how you might be able to use it for behavior change. You know, how could you use it for the social side to bring about social good out of something that, you know, maybe back at the time it was more about uh, people displaying their skills and the capabilities, their talents and, and that kind of stuff, which which is there, which is what we can see from Kevin. But, you know, the other side, to look at it holistically, I really loved what Kevin was talking about in terms of now they're, they're really um, looking at the the, uh, you know, if you need a chaplain, you know, you you can have a chaplain. If you need someone to talk to, you know, um, um, you can speak up and, and talk about the emotions that you're going through. I think some of that side often can get ne- neglected if you're just thinking about the physical side of things. So I guess for me, thinking about sport is to it's hoping that it'll branch out more, that it would take behavior change on board, using it as a tool for other means. And lastly to you, Jackie, what is your vision for what sports can do for Papua New Guinea? Thanks, guys. It's, it's been a really great morning listening to Kevin and, and Passy. Like, I really appreciate it. I just wanted to mention, I think as, as Pacific Islanders, We've got common things we share, you know, we've got uh, respect for our elders, the, our belief in God, how we are very family oriented, to, um, carrying out family obligations and responsibilities. And I think even discussions like this really helps us to come together to, you know, share what some of those common challenges that we face together. And oftentimes we think that we need something big to be part of the solution, but oftentimes it's, it's, it's coming together like this, sharing that common identity that we have and also like addressing the challenges that we commonly share across each other. So I guess like my vision for how sports um, can continue to make a change here in, here in PNG. Um, look, I had this experience where we because I'm, I'm from Bougainville and we stepped into our community in Bougainville and um, we had gone in to speak to the community there and we were not very particular. We were like, we wanted to speak with everyone in the community, but as we stepped in and I noticed that, you know, it was only the older people, the elders who came and sat down with us and all the youth, they were like um, sitting from a distance and just kind of hearing in into the conversation. And, you know, that in itself was a- able to teach me something like, there is obviously that um, that separate that distinction between the old and the young generation. But you know, it was a very completely different scene when we drove past a sporting field and there was all our youth there just you know playing, and that got, got gave me this impression of our young people knowing that like you know the different things that help people come together and we do understand that sometimes the generation difference does make a difference in the way um, people come together. And for me was looking at understanding that, look, if, if sport has become the tool for young people to be, um, to feel very active for them to find that that's a space that they can be involved in. Like it made so much sense for me as well. Like you look at youth, 
youth equals energy, right? Youth have a lot of energy and they need to make use of that energy. And so that was something important that really st- struck with me that sports will always be that vehicle that we can be able to reach out to our young people. Thanks, Jackie. And thank you, Kevin and Bessie, for your time. Until next time, vinaka vakalevu. And I look forward to sharing our next Talanoa with you soon. Vinaka, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Vossa. As always, I love hearing your feedback. Be great to hear what your thoughts are on what we discussed today. Please follow and join us at Vossa Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, <laughs> Vinaka Vakalevo again, and I look forward to sharing our next episode with you soon. <laughs> <laughs>